2: Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And this is BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Um, today, we're jumping into sensitive topic for some, uh, coonery, buffoonery for others. just depends on what side of the, the track you're on. And maybe there's some middle ground, too. Uh, but we're talking about pandemic pivot, understanding how to pivot in a pandemic. Um, and we're finding out that we thought it was something that people were just readily ready to handle. But we found out via the shenanigans nope. of life that is not so. Uh, tell me about it, nope. DJ.
3: Nope, 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 nope. We are not ready for a pandemic. You know, we, I think that e- it's easy to believe that you're ready for something. You ever heard that uh, phrase from Mike Tyson? He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Exactly. Yeah, I think for a lot of us, you know, we think that we, we're ready and we have all these things together. And currently, as we're recording, um, we have just... I went into what's called a pandemic state, which is a disease or illness that spread across the entire world. And it has drastically changed. Like, it's so bad, JP, that they shut down the NBA. You you know, I knew it was bad then. Right. I'm like, I can't remember the first time ever hearing that the entire season of the NBA is shut down outside of a lockdown. Right. Right. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is way more serious than what I'm, you know, playing it to the left to be. And so today what we want to talk about is how do you pivot in a pandemic? How do you enter in life when life begins to do something very different and it disrupts you and it creates sadness and pain? What do you do in order to pivot? And so I think it's, it's extremely important and a very sensitive topic, again, if you're listening to this and you are someone who is suffering from the coronavirus, our condolences are to you, our hearts are which you are with the emergency workers and those people who are involved in this entire process. Um, but we want to bring something very timely in a way that will help you rebuild. So yeah, JP, give us an a illustration. Help us um, see this a little bit better.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it, it won't be, you know, there's no LeBron James, there's no basketball, so hopefully... You know, you guys won't be too sad if you don't hear me go to my go-to references, but this is just bringing home the point of why people need a pandemic pivot. Every year um, or every other year, there's a strain of a flu that happens. If it's H1N1, if it's swine flu, if it's bird flu, if it's whatever it is, uh, there's an initial freak out. Everybody gets worried. Everybody gets nervous. All these things start happening. Um, It hasn't been to the extent that it is now, but... After a few weeks, it goes away, it dies down, and people aren't concerned anymore. Um, hmm. I think the biggest thing is on a lot of these levels, people oh, will take a flu shot every year. I'm good to go. Flu, flu, flu. Shot, shot, shot. It's all good. Shot, um, shot, right, shot, shot, shot. shot Everybody. Right. Um. Now you're good. And so I think there's less of an uproar because it doesn't have the global awareness as this current situation has. I mean, if it's Zika virus, if it's whatever, you know, there's always something that's happening, right? And so I think on some level. People need to learn how to live a life not waiting for the next pandemic to happen, not not living from pandemic to pandemic to make life change, to do something different. I think today we're just going to talk about how to how to make that pivot so that you're not caught off guard, that you're not caught slipping, that you're not unnecessarily nervous or scared, uh, but but mindful and aware of your surroundings and what's going on with your life.
3: Yeah, Speaking of a personal pandemic, one of the things that I remember uh, just as in terms of my own personal pandemic, I got a lot of drama. A lot of situations. Uh, One of the times that really clear for me is uh, the time when my daughter was first born and my oldest daughter was born. um, I was driving school buses um, at the time. And, you know, as I was employed there, two weeks before um, my wife was about to deliver, I got laid off.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: And, you know, when I think about that moment, JP, you know, my wife is about to deliver, so she's unable to provide. Um, here I am, a here I am, a young college student who's about to become a father in mm-hmm. um, the week of her birth. I can't provide. And I think about that moment of just being like, wow, I'm in shock, right? Like, <laughs> this is bad, bad. Like this is it can't get any worse in my mind than this. And so I think it was at that, at that time that I realized that I was unprepared as a provider Um, that, that, you know, the whole time I had just been like, okay, you know, things can work themselves out and maybe this can happen or maybe that can happen. And JP, it was a small pandemic, but it created so much anxiety, so much chaos and so much confusion in my life. And so, yeah, when I look back at it, I go, man, I wasn't prepared and my lack of preparation was not something that I, I took lightly because it was no longer just me. It was myself. It was my spouse. And now it was my daughter. And so yeah, when I think about personal pandemics, that's one of the times that really stands out to me and makes and 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 really caused me to realize, yo, I am like in the words of Kevin Hart, I wasn't ready. No, I'm not ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: To have any pandemics. So Yeah, JP, what's a personal pandemic moment for you? What's a time you go like, man, I'm having a pandemic, Um, and this is all over the place?
2: Yeah, for me, my general disposition leads me to, or have in the past, I've had consistent pandemics in a sense of getting jobs or taking jobs or getting in positions that I had no qualification for whatsoever or very little for qualification. So I might get a job based on my um, connection with somebody, like when I first started banking. I mean, I know how to count, you know, one, two, five, six, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, And then I could do a little math. I could do a little subtraction, a little multiplication. uh, But working for a bank, I don't know how to open accounts. I don't know much about like these systems. I don't know much about like a lot of things. And so when I got the job, I was kind of just winging it. I was really just trying to figure out how I can get from behind the teller situation and get to the floor and just greet people at the door. Uh, and so, yeah. I, had, you know, I had to use my charm in a sense of like, all right, I'm going to get fired if I had to keep counting this money every day because I don't like it. People get to talking to me crazy. You can be $1 short or $1 over. You're in trouble either way it goes. So I just found myself completely like overwhelmed in a sense of like, oh, shoot, like I got this job because my uncle worked at the bank, put me on. And it seems like that was the story of my life. I've had jobs where I was supposed to be, you know, engineering and doing some audio stuff. And I'm like, I think I know how to do this stuff, but I'm going to go to YouTube real quick. And I just... I
3: think I know. You know what I'm
2: saying? Let me go to the You're internet.
3: In the air, I think I
2: know. You know? <laughs> um, and so just on certain levels there's certain things that I've done where because of my ability or my my thinking that I can handle all these things or I can do anything that I try to do or I'm just a man in these streets... Um, I've created my own panics and I've created my own pandemics and gotten places where by the grace of God, I got out of, but it could have been real bad. And I could have, you know, could have really blackballed myself in a lot of situations. Um, but I think that's again, pride and, you know, vanity and me thinking that I got things on lock and it wasn't very dramatic. Things haven't been very dramatic, but it just, it's created a lot of stress for me. Internal, internal yeah. struggles, internal issues.
3: Sounds like a lot. And you was in a bunch of cults, so it adds. I just don't understand
2: what that had to do with anything.
3: Did that, did <laughs> Listen, that make you feel better? Everything, everything goes back to a cult, okay? I'm, um, I'm glad so, you feel better. Thank you. <laughs> carry on. So uh, what I was going to say um, to this is, you know, I think that uh, I, in the words of the prophet, Jay-Z, he says, we stuck in La La Land. Listen. The fact that many of us are in la-la land, la JP, we talk about this often offline is, you know, many of us have been going through the motions, if we're honest, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We have not been evaluating our relationships. We have not been evaluating our friendship circles. We haven't been evaluating and changing our faith communities. We have not been um, evaluating our professional life. We have not been evaluating um, clearly and objectively our health life. And so, what makes this culture so vulnerable to a pandemic is we in la-la land. Mm. We're literally just going through the motions every single day and hoping that the next situation that we come into, we can give a little and get a lot, right? And so I guess just pivoting a little bit into how do we end up in these pandemics, you ever heard that phrase, um, piss-poor preparation leads to piss-poor performance. Yeah, yeah, yep. Right? It's the idea that you did not prepare. And so here's the question on the table. How does this culture end up in a pandemic,
0: mm-hmm.
3: right? Mm-hmm. Bill Gates in 2015 gave a talk on the next thing that would sweep the nation. And what he said was, he said that the next thing that will take us out will be a pandemic flu, mm. right? hmm and he makes this long, you know, it's kind of quick, but pivy presentation about it. But here's what he says, JP. The issue is that we do not have existing systems that will make us prepared for these things. Therefore, we are vulnerable. Right. Mm. And so if you're asking me, BJ, how do we end up in life pandemics? Here's the thing, JP. I think that this culture ends up in a lot of pandemics are um, very vulnerable to a pandemic, a, a sweeping change to stuff is because we are not intentionally doing the hard work before the crisis. We wait until we get sick. Mm,
2: mm-hmm.
3: We wait until we get, you know the pink slip. We wait until we get these things. We are more reactive and less proactive. Therefore, when these things come, they are completely devastating, right? So mm-hmm. if you're asking me, BJ, what do you think? How do we end up in these? Listen, because we see some things, we've learned some things, and instead of preparing and putting new systems and protocols in place, we forget, we hope for the best, and then listen, and then we try to navigate the next pandemic through the same type of intuition, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so so that's what I would say is if you're asking me how do we end up in these pandemics, I would say because we're not preparing. What do you think, JP? How do we end up in these pandemics?
2: We're fools. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
3: You're dumb. <laughs> why do you say that? Why do you
2: say we're fools? No, would let you answer, I'll ask, let you ask your question before I be, you know what I'm saying, bad cop or whatever it is.
3: No, you are bad cop. Go ahead. What, what do you mean? Why Why are, Why do we end up in so many pandemics in life? Go ahead.
2: So let's think about this. Let's just take a critical survey. Of the lifestyle that many of us live in a Western culture, right? Okay. Where do you go to get your food? Uh, Restaurant. Where else? Store. Okay. Uh, Where did your great great grandfather go to get his food? Grew it. Exactly. He grew it. He caught it slipping in the backyard. He set up a trap. He had to figure out how to go get his food, right? Okay. We've been taken off the land and we've been given grocery stores. So, what I mean by we've been taken off the land is that. The way things have progressed, whether it's economically, socially, whether it's technology, we don't know how to hunt. And I've said this before. We don't know how to fish. We don't know how to grow our own food. And we get caught slipping and getting these pandemic panics because we don't know where to get food. People are out here buying guns and toilet paper in a flu pandemic, bro. Like people are dying from a disease and people are buying guns and toilet paper. Right? You wow. don't even have enough sense to get flushable wipes. Like, bro, it was, it's Yeezy. easy. It's easy. It's easy, bro. It's easy. Yeezy. Y'all are stressing. If you go two hours over, there's flushable wipes. And it feels wow. better. You understand wow. what I'm saying? So on, yeah. some, on some level... People flushable
3: wipes in your body. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying
2: we're fools because we allow ease and technology and cell phones to give it this luxury of life. And when all of that stuff goes down, panic, panic, Panic. Panic. So in life, we're not preparing, like you've already said, for things to get hard, for things to get tough, for things to get difficult, for things not to go the way they used to, for things not to be easy. And we have no sense of direction. We don't know where to go. If these if these stores run out of food, bro, like people are going to die from starvation in 2020. Wow. They're going to die wow. from starvation. Because they don't know how to can food. People are like, what is canning food? Like, Google it. They don't know how to can food. They don't know how to catch their food. They barely know how to cook. We talked about the microwave generation popping up with the with well, I guess that was guess that was us.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was us. Right. We talked about it.
2: uh, you know, the, the the meals in the microwave. But the idea is that we we're too trusting and we're 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 too smart for our own good. We feel like things will never go wrong, and because they haven't gone wrong in the past, we believe that it'll be all good. I think they call that gambler's fallacy. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's another enough of that. That's enough of that. But I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we get costly.
3: Yeah. You know, so what's, what's interesting about it, and we talk about this, again, a lot offline, people just get comfortable. And I think that it's even interesting for people like ourselves who are disruptors. We're saying, hey, there's something wrong. You know, you get labeled crazy. You get mm-hmm. labeled excessive. You get labeled to be a rabble riser. Yep. And really what, what you really are is the canary in a coal mine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying, the canary in a coal mine, where you need to pay attention to the canary. When miners would go down deep, and this before they had the technology to sense toxic gases that would be deadly to them. What they would do is they would carry little canary birds, JP, and they would bring them down into the mine with them. Well, they would check on this bird as they were working um, to ensure that everything was still good. Now, if they walked over to the bird and the bird was sick or dead, then what it likely meant was that there was a leak, right? Mm -hmm. And they themselves had not been impacted. Why? Because the canaries had a more sensitive lung capacity to threats and to danger. So if the canary died, that meant it was your warning sign to get out.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Yep.
3: Listen, did we not see a whole group of canaries in 2015, 2016 say, yo, something's wrong with this? Mm -hmm. Hey, pay attention. Something's not right. And as a society, we said, y'all be quiet. Mm -hmm. Listen, don't disrupt us. We're doing just fine. Everything's working exactly how it should. And I think that in a lot of times we just ignore the signs. You know, I love your saying red lights don't turn green. Mm -hmm. Red lights don't turn green. Yeah. Red flags don't turn green. And so it's just this idea that many of us are getting the warning signs that, hey, we need to pivot. Hey, we need to change. Hey, there needs to be something new. But instead of doing that, we would rather wait until it gets so bad, JP. Listen, that we absolutely have to make the change. And listen, therefore, it's too late. Yep. Now we're in a real panic, right? And so I think that the pandemic experience really happens to us. Because a lot of times we're not willing to change. We know that that friendship isn't working. We know that that uh, church community, faith community, we ain't grown in years. And guess what? But we're still there. Dude. And we're still showing up, acting like it's all good in, in so many ways, communicating to everyone. It's fine. Um, We know that these friendship circles haven't moved us anywhere in a long time, but we're still there. We haven't made any changes. We know that our career is nowhere where it needs to be. And we don't feel accepted. We're really living in a job, not in a career. And what I would say is the reason why oftentimes we are vulnerable to pandemics, because we have not taken control of our own lives. Mm -hmm. We're literally waiting for mama to make our meals we're literally waiting for pastor to make us understand our theology. We're literally waiting for our job to help us understand our professional life. We're literally hoping that our friends from elementary school, high school, and college are going to carry us into the future. And here's the thing. You were in a pandemic because you decided to go with the flow and let things just work out however they're going to work out. And now when small disruptions happen in the thing, you realize, oh, my God. This is way worse than what I would have imagined.
0: This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At BOW, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org.
3: Back Cop, anything you want to add to that, how we end up in pandemics and then we can start talking about the pivot. What's some pivots we can do? You know, I want to, going to good cop
2: mode. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I think we covered everything. It's, it's yeah. Before I start losing friends and listeners um, before I go. Too- nah,
3: to You've already done that. That's done. You've been done that. <laughs> Listen, I mean, you know, I'm you just trying to,
2: trying to spare some folks, you know what I'm saying? But okay. it's just one of those things where I think people need, if they haven't understood by the time, you know, by the time they get to this point, it's a matter of you're not paying attention. Um, and yeah, people just aren't prepared. And I think the, the reality of what I'm saying is that we, unwisely give our, um, our allegiance. Loyalty. Loyalty, Holly. allegiance. More so submit like- Submit our wills. We submit our will, bro. Go ahead. That too, that too, but we also like, foolishly follow, foolishly don't, like we don't observe things for ourselves. We don't critically think. There it is. Now, one, our school systems don't do it. Sometimes our parents don't do it for us, but we don't learn how to critically think. So we don't understand, again, again, toilet paper and guns, bro. Like, It's a pandemic and people are dying from a flu. Why are you buying guns and toilet paper? And so I think the idea is that people can't even think, bro. You can't even think for yourself and understand how do I, how do I survive in this situation? Like what do is it, what is it that I need to stock up on in order to survive a flu? Oh yeah, I need to shoot it away.
3: Yeah. I don't know how to how we got guns out of that. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs)
2: Anyway, but anyway, let's move on to the to the to the deposit. Let's to the pivot, man.
3: Yeah, what are some things that you, that you would do, a uh, good cop? I'm calling you a good cop. I'm going to start speaking it
2: over you. What are some <laughs> things we can do to pivot? Uh, good cop, uh, that's how can
3: we start pivoting? Go ahead.
2: Paying attention to uh, our daily lives, our habits, um, the things that we do consistently, the way we move, how we think, how we critically think, where we get our information from, the news sources we're getting our information from, uh, the people we have conversations with. Um, the experts that we listen to, that we engage with, the podcasts that we consume. We have to be more intentional about the things that we consume, the things we listen to, the experts we allow to speak over us and into our lives and take some control over our own life to make sure that what we're doing actually lines up with things that make sense. And it's, it's hard to know whether or not you're thinking something or doing something that makes sense without having the proper guidance, without having the proper accountability, without having the proper people around you that you see are doing things that make sense. And we've said it before, bro, you're trying to figure out how to how to hustle right and you're looking at people that are hustling backwards. You know?
3: Ooh. Um,
2: and I'm not gonna give you that when you're gonna have to go to the internet to figure out what hustling backwards means. But it's just one of those things where like, bro, like we, we, it's, it's all we we live in an era of fake news, right we live in a an era of deep fakes We live in an era of and i'm I'm being facetious when I say fake news, but you know I think the listener understands my point. We live in a time period where if somebody says something isn't real, although it's right in front of you, although the evidence is there, you believe that it's not real because they said it's not real right um we can't just take these sources for face value we can't just assume that these quote unquote experts know what they're talking about. We have to immerse ourselves we have to submerge ourselves we have to you know do more than just take things for face value. We have to investigate. We have to do the research. And I'm going to stop right there because I feel like I just was about to go uh, mode. So let's keep it light. No,
3: you were, doing, you were doing well, man. Here's what I would say. You know, I waste a lot of time talking to people who could not move the needle forward in my life. And I learned this very pointless exercise from being around certain communities where you just kind of go back and forth and you argue details about thoughts. And what you realize is people are poor. Um, they don't have good emotional intelligence. They do not know how to materialize the careers that you're pursuing. And you find yourself making unnecessary enemies mm-hmm. around things that you just simply disagree on. And what I would say is, you know, stop wasting time in these things. Right? If if there is a, a there's a term in business called return on investment, that means that when I give something, I need to re- receive something greater back of value, right? So I need to start asking myself, when I give my time to this, when I give my energy to this, when I give my, uh, my support to this, does it give me a greater return on my investment? Part of the pivot is learning and asking that, right? So if I'm going to declare, just for example, somebody to be my mentor, right? This is a perfect example. Are they living out materially in, in present time the thing that I want to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If they're not, they're not a mentor, doesn't matter how smart they are. Doesn't matter how, how how charismatic they are, right? And we're not talking about are they living it out in my ideal situation? Are they living it out in the in the varying ways that I want to live my life, right? So some people will say, "Oh, that's my spiritual mentor." Now listen, that's important. It's important to have spiritual mentors, but what about what about your financial mentors? What about your career mentors? <laughs> what about the people who help grow you in your emotional mm-hmm. health? What about people who help you think through parenting and how to raise your kids? Would you say that those individuals still live out materially the things that that you want to embody? If they don't, that means you need to begin to stock up different people who are models and mentors. Right. And so I think part of the pivot is you taking control of life, not just letting life happen, but you make life happen. And when things change, things get disrupted, listen, you need to look at it. You need to shake yourself off. And then you need to collaborate and you need to inform yourself around people who are doing materially the things that you desire. If not, you will find yourself not being able to pivot. And and last thing I would say is this. Pivoting means you have to rid yourself of the victim mindset. Here's what I mean. I don't want to say this sensitively because I'm a, I'm a coach. All of us in life, if we live it long enough, are going to experience harm, right? Something's going to happen It's going to harm us. It's going to hurt us. And it could be unjust and unjust. And there's a range of different things that can happen to you. Here's what I would say. Those things need to refine you. They should not define you. I'll say it again. The things that have hurt you should refine you. They should create in you the pain that then allows your passion, but they should not define you. And I think when you begin to do so, now you just see it as a thing, a part, a lesson, not a loss of this bigger journey. right? And so part of the pivot is I'm looking at all of my losses as lessons, and I'm looking at all of my pain as profit. Right. So I'm saying, okay, somehow I'm going to profit off of this, whether it's my profession, whether it's some type of product, whether it's some type of service, I'm going to profit off this pain because I want to, I'll be able to share it authentically and genuinely to others in a way that gives them the lesson ahead of time. And so I think the pivot is you have to let go of that mindset that people are going to just rescue you and you just a victim and life is just going to happen and you really have to start taking control even when hard things happen so what do you think jp what what are some final applications for pivoting in the yeah, audience i, I our want audience-
2: to for you to remember to remind me so one of the things i want to say is that we have to be we have be smarter than we think we are so write that down remember that but i wanted to piggyback on the idea that you were just saying about like Uh, Okay, let me say this the right way. We, uh, you know what? I'm going to say that for another episode. People just have to (laughs) go. Yeah, now I'm going to just, okay. So you were saying victim mentality, right? I think pivot happens and it needs to happen in a way that we understand God. A lot of us in certain cultures are taught that God is going to just be this rescuer. But the rescue happens after this side of life. The rescue happens when he calls us home and we don't thrive for the things in life and live in such a way that, that has hope, that has success in mind. It has a victim mentality because we're just waiting, 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 waiting for God to do something. When he gives us wisdom, He gives us information. He gives us life coaches. He puts all these things before us, but we're still waiting, waiting, waiting for God to come swoop us off our feet. And I have a problem with theologies and doctrines that teach this, and people don't seem to understand when they're being taught this. So that's another situation for another day. But I think we need to check in with how they view God and their relationship with God. And if they view him as somebody that's just going to come to the rescue— and he is someone that's going to come to the rescue. But when you're just like this this, this damsel in distress, and like, oh, Lord, when are you coming? Man, when am I coming? I've given you all the tools to do what you need to do. Put in the work, right? But that, again, that's some other stuff for another. Yeah. So what I'm saying, to piggyback on what you're saying, you're absolutely right. Change your mentality. Don't be the victim. And even understand when you're being fed victim mentality stuff, right? It keeps you there. But what I will say in pivoting practical uh, um, application is that Stop being so smart, bro. Like, mm. recognize that you don't know what you're doing. If you find yourself in line, I keep saying this over and over again, for guns and toilet paper, when people are dying from the flu, you don't know what you think you know. You're not as smart as you think you are. And when you're trying to pivot, when you find yourself like, yo, wait a minute, I'm in this line for 30 minutes. I need some, something to wipe my behind. Yeah. And instead of going two hours over, as I already said, to get the wet wipes that are flushable, wipes. right? Get the ones that are flushable so you don't I'm about mess to go up your stuff. i get
3: the rest of the wet wipes right no. now, bro. I bought
2: I a, a bunch yesterday, bro. Get on my level, bro. What I'm saying is there's two hours over that you can go to and get flushable wipes that won't damage. I'm saying flushable because you don't flush the right ones. You have problems with your septic system or with your plumbing, right? So my thing is, yo, you so smart, you can't wipe your behind. Instead of getting something that can actually help you with that process, you in line buying guns and something else that doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that we have to take an evaluation of what it is that we don't know, what it is that we don't understand, or find somebody in life getting a life coach, somebody that can help us see things from a perspective that we don't already see so that when pandemics hit, we can have the social IQ or just the IQ period to understand like, oh, shoot, let me do this. You know what I'm saying? Let me make this move. Let me move in this direction. If it wasn't stuff wasn't locked down, okay, maybe this might be the time to take that vacation that I would been trying to take for a while. Maybe I'll drive because it's not safe to fly. I'm not saying anybody needs to go out there and get in the road, but I'm just saying like there are things that you can do if you're able to think outside the box and if you have the right wisdom around you that can help you navigate life so you can pivot during pandemics. Good. Good.
3: Yeah, I'll just i close with this. I think sometimes <laughs> we have the wrong people around us and you know, you have expired. What what you had expired. It was good when you were a kid. Listen. Um, there's a, there's a word that comes from scripture. It says when I was a, when I was a child, I thought like a child. Right. But when I became a man, I started acting and thinking like a man. Some of us have kid like counsel around us. Right. You might need to change the counsel, your friendships, the books you read, the podcast you listen to. You know, really that's why this, this podcast is so important is because we talk about real things and prior to the pandemic, go check our track record. We have long been trying to put you on. And if you listen to the Build a Better podcast, it will get you through and it won't just get you through. It will empower you to not just survive, but to thrive. Um, If you're listening and you say, man, I need some help. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start um, with this thing. And I'm I'm really wrestling through this. JP, where where can people go
2: to find help? Yes, yes. They can go to the Build a Better Us website. Uh, There's the tab, Get Involved. From there, you can select Life Coach, you can peruse the Life Coach offerings, and from there, pick one and get your life right, get your game tight. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're here to do.
3: Good. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely be glad our our qualified um, Life Coach would love to meet with you. Many of them have made some major pivots and pandemics um, and cannot wait to talk with you because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Build A Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build A Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast.